Hey there, welcome to Your Living Health. This is the podcast where we talk about real life strategies to reduce your chronic inflammation. Each episode, we're going to uncover tools for how you can lose weight and achieve optimal health. I'm your host, Carly Lucchese. I'm a UC Davis trained registered dietitian, and I'm also a life coach. So together, let's coach through the science of inflammation, but in a way that's simple, purposeful, and fun. You ready? Let's go. Hey there. Today, we're going to continue with our recurring theme of helping you to achieve symptom relief. And for many of you out there, that symptom that plagues you the most is cramping. What it can mean is uh, this cramping or it can be a trapped gas type sensation. So instead of cramping, maybe it can be more of a pressure Um, This pressure or cramping can be located in the upper gastric region. It can be located, you know, in the top left. It could be more of like an intestinal lower type cramping. So all of these different locations obviously mean something unique when you really do that deep dive. But ultimately, that is what I mean by cramping. So you're likely experiencing either sharp pains or spasm type sensations or a dull pressure, uh, intense bloating, trapped gas, or bubble guts. So that's what I mean when I say cramping. And cramping, it really can be the result of a lot of different things that might be going on under the surface. So today, I want to go over the 10 most common culprits that cause this cramping. And my goal for you is to help you to better be able to troubleshoot your situation so that you can hopefully taper this annoyance in your life. So um, I'm going to be going over the 10 most common culprits And I'm not going to be going over these in depth. This is more an episode that's targeted at helping you to know what you might not know. Um, So sometimes uh, we always just target one thing for cramping. And when that one thing doesn't work, then we just get frustrated and mad. And I just give up because I can't seem to control this when I get cramps and when I don't. Well, there might be something else going on that you just haven't thought about. So the 10 most common culprits that I'm going to go discuss today includes fiber, your FODMAP carbohydrates, a candida overgrowth, a bacterial dysbiosis, mental stress, a lactose intolerance, SIBO or EMO, an antigen sensitivity, sugar or artificial sweeteners, and gluten. And again, keep in mind, this episode is absolutely an overview of these culprits. I don't want to make this an eight-hour episode. I really want to try to keep this under 30 minutes um, to keep you guys interested and engaged. (laughs) So I can expand on any of these topics in future episodes. Um, You just please let me know. So let's start this party with fiber. Uh, Fiber, it's... Obviously, it's kind of that first line defense with anything gut related. Uh, Usually when we think of fiber, to me, that means the indigestible or the insoluble component of the fiber. And this creates bulk for our stool. Think Metamucil, right? So psyllium, which is Metamucil, is going to create um, bulk in your 
colon and it's going to allow for easier turd formation. Um, so, but more importantly than talking about forming a turd, this fiber, it's actually really important because it's the bacteria, it's the food that feeds our bacteria that actually live in our colon. So any of your fruits, your vegetables, the whole of the um, different types of grains, so like that's the outer shell of different types of grains, it's all going to contain this element of insoluble fiber. And fun fact for you guys, Did you know that breast milk actually contains a lot of insoluble fiber? I mean, a lot of the breast milk is actually not able to be absorbed by a baby because it's designed that we're trying to culture the gut because a lot of the immune system is completely dependent on a healthy gut environment. So that's why breast milk is so completely packed with um, the fiber that's going to feed that gut environment. So just a little fun fact for you. Um, So the common train of thought, of course, is that you know, too much fiber causes constipation or causes diarrhea. And if you have too little fiber, it causes constipation. So everybody's always like, well, you must not be eating your fiber if you're constipated or like, oh my gosh, you probably overdid your cherries if you've got diarrhea. But this really just is not true. Because what I found is that the amount of fiber that you need is really going to vary based on the bacteria that you have living in your gut. You can have a normal bowel movement with very minimal fiber in your diet. And you can be the person that eats only fruits and vegetables every day, all day. And you could suffer from constipation. So there is not that direct correlation to the amount of fiber that you're eating and your frequency or consistency of bowel movements. So people that have this beautiful, diverse, healthy gut environment are going to have a wide range of bacteria that thrive on all the different types of fiber. Um, Each vegetable, each fruit has a different strain or type of fiber. But some of you are going to have bacterial environments that do not support these large amounts of insoluble fiber. And having these large amounts is going to cause you that awful cramping bubblegut type sensation. But if this is you, you might have more of a bacterial environment that supports the simple sugars and the proteins or meats that you have in your diet instead. So if you want to include more of these fibrous vegetables into your day, you're going to need to do this slowly because what you're doing is you're actually changing the bacterial environment within your colon. That takes time. So if you just overload (laughs) a a colon that's used to meat and simple sugars and you overload it with fiber you're you're gonna have some cramping you're gonna have some some bloat associated probably even around a diarrhea but if you slowly taper the amount of fiber that you include in your diet chances are you're gonna allow just the time for those bacteria to begin to thrive and begin to um, take over the um, the environment and just allow for that broad diversity with the new foods that you're wanting to be eating. Uh, so 
that's all I have to say about fiber. I just want you guys to mostly take home that fiber is not everything. Um, and your cramping and your stool environment is going to more have to do with your bacteria than your fiber amount. Okay, so next is FODMAP sugars. So FODMAP stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols, which all of these are short-chain carbohydrates, or in other words, sugars, that your small intestine just absorbs poorly. So when you remove these FODMAP sugars... That can be a first line commonly um, encouraged therapy for treating IBS. So those of you with IBS, that's probably the first thing that your doctor was talking about was, okay, well, you need to remove these FODMAP fibers, which are actually sugars, um, in order to be able to get rid of some of those cramps. So because a lot of us What's been identified through research is that uh, there's just a lot of people that don't have the proper bacteria to digest these very specific types of sugars. And foods that can include these FODMAP sugars include asparagus, scallions, apples, spinach, avocado, onion, garlic, wheat, some dairy. Um, A lot of the foods that you would commonly include to actually grow your bacterial diversity, right? Um, Or that you would eat in what people would say is a healthy diet. Uh, There's many FODMAP containing foods out there and removing them all completely for a temporary period of time may be a band-aid approach to really try to stop some of this intense cramping. But most of you, you're not going to cramp from all of these FODMAP foods. Chances are. Some of you might. But chances are You're going to be able to tolerate some of them. And the goal is never to restrict your diet to this point of your quality of life sucks. You're not getting the nutrient variety um, in order to maintain your, your, your biological system's function. You really want to always shoot for the most diverse eating environment possible. So if you do remove FODMAP fibers, make sure that you bring them back in and bring them in slowly so that you can start to identify which of these was actually the culprit that was causing your cramping. Okay, so the third is a candida overgrowth. So what candida is, is it's a yeast that is always present in your digestive system, but sometimes there can be an overgrowth of this yeast that leads to a lot of this upper gastric type bloating and cramping and really a, an intense pressure like under your rib cage. So a candida overgrowth can happen after taking antibiotics because antibiotics kill off a lot of the good bacteria and it allows this yeast to kind of take over. Or you can create this overgrowth by having foods that are really high in sugar or simple carbohydrates because that's the food of this candida yeast. They love those simple carbohydrates. So if you're eating a lot of those, you could just be feeding these bacterial strains in excess. Um, Other things that create this overgrowth include stress 
or maybe like an intense acute sickness. And what I really think one of the most classic candida overgrowth symptoms is, is this relentless craving of sugars and carbohydrates. So these simple carbohydrates, they're actually the food that feeds these bacteria. So the bacteria will create in you a sugar craving because they're hungry. (laughs) How are they going to get you to eat sugar? By creating a craving in you. So you're not crazy. These cravings can actually be induced by your gut, gut bacterial environment, which is fascinating, right? So once you eat those simple sugars, the bacteria thrives and continues to populate in excess your colon. Um, but when you eat other types of fibers, this overpopulated candida yeast, it really doesn't do well with those insoluble type fibers. And unfortunately, because of this overgrowth, you lack the bacterial diversity to properly handle a lot of the other insoluble fibers super effectively. And this is what can lead to some of that intense bloating and cramping when you're eating anything other than simple carbohydrates and uh, meat selections. Okay. So that is candida overgrowth. All right, the fourth common culprit is more of a generalized bacterial dysbiosis. So candida too, right? It is a bacterial dysbiosis because the yeast grew in uh, abundance and it maybe caused the other strains to die off a little bit more, but it doesn't necessarily have to relate to a candida overgrowth. So your colon, as we've kind of already mentioned, it's this delicate balance of good and bad bacteria. And sometimes situations can trigger an imbalance to this good-bad ratio, which can create in you inflammation and symptom manifestation. So triggers of a bacterial dysbiosis can include, like we said, eating too many simple carbohydrates or too many meats. But other things that can trigger this include alcohol. This can really... um, mess with your bacteria and your guts, antibiotics, stress, and acute infections. So dysbiosis, the symptoms associated with this include the sharp, painful cramping in addition to the gassy and bloated sensation. This one doesn't necessarily have to be that really um, under the rib type pressure. This one can be a little bit more generalized. Usually the first line defense for this includes probiotics and prebiotics. And these can be introduced to help to rebalance this bacterial ratio. But often... In this situation, sometimes more intensive interventions might need to occur in order to create the die-off of the bacteria that are growing in abundance. Um, Too much probiotics can really create more of a bubble gut sensation um, and it can create more cramping because you just, uh, you don't have the environment yet to support that. So if you are going to introduce probiotics, do it slowly. So probiotics are the live cultures. This is like you're, you're culturing your gut with live bacteria. And then the prebiotics are the fiber that feeds these strains of the probiotics that you're putting as a culture in your colon. That's why usually prebiotics and probiotics are um, encouraged to be in combination. Okay, so the fifth most common trigger is mental stress. So stress, 
that is created from your brain creates a chemical and a hormonal cascade that can lead to a dysbiosis. Um, This can be associated with acute cramping, intense symptom manifestation, um, just because of this cascade type effect. When you are emotionally and uh, mentally stressed, what it can do is it leads to an overproduction of cortisol and um, your stress hormone adrenaline or epinephrine and these fight or flight hormones they can wreak havoc on your intestinal environment because when you're stressed right your body it doesn't give a crap about digestion all it wants to do is to stay alive and these hormones will in themselves cause many inflammatory symptoms to develop until you can intentionally learn the skills to manage your mind in order to turn off this built-in protection mode. Mental and uh, emotional stress, (laughs) I mean many of you know that when you're going through something intense in life, like uh, something happens to your family or you get in an argument with somebody, often that can trigger that acute diarrhea, right? So that's how that top-down effect can create in you that cramping. The sixth trigger is kind of one of the more obvious ones. This is a lactose intolerance. So for those of you that just don't know, lactose, it's the sugar that's in milk. And it's just, you cannot break it down unless you self-produce the lactase enzyme. This is one of those classic, if you don't use it, you'll lose it type situations. And if you don't have a diet that's rich in dairy products and you're not being forced to continually create this lactase enzyme, um, it's going to go away. So that's how maybe some of you who used to have lactose intolerance um, over time, if you kind of just like bear the burden of the the cramping, you can slowly uh, even be able to create that lactase enzyme again if you're persistent enough I know my husband did it because he's like milk is worth it (laughs) I want my ice cream I want my cheese so he kind of like forced himself to create the lactase enzyme and he totally tolerates all dairy things again which I think is awesome Um, okay so the seventh trigger I'm gonna kind of blow through and not really give it a lot of um it's due justice because it's such a complex condition um, and it can take such a long time to rebalance. But again, this episode is about overview and I just want to touch on it. So if none of you have heard about it, at least you can go do your own research on it. But this is the overgrowth of, um, so this is SIBO, which stands for a small intestine bacterial overgrowth or EMO, which stands for an intestinal methanogen overgrowth. So these conditions can occur, and what happens, what triggers these conditions to occur, is when your bacteria in your colon are starved for food, sometimes they don't just die. Sometimes some of these microbes or bacteria are a little bit more resilient than that, and they actually decide to migrate upstream in your small intestine and then once they kind of migrate resourcefully they find all these beautiful undigested carbohydrates because they are further up the intestines right and they become quite content setting up camp because there's always going to be an abundance of food 
So what can happen is this leads to sharp and painful upper gastric type cramping, intense bloating, because these bacteria are digesting these carbohydrates in the wrong area. (laughs) They're digesting them and creating a lot of gas formation in your small intestines versus in your colon. So it can really cause quite intense symptom manifestation. Um, The sister condition to this is called emo, which is that intestinal methanogen overgrowth. And really it's that same concept. It's just unfortunately... It's a different type of microbe overgrowth. Um, the methanogen microbe, so it, they, this is the microbes that produce methane gas. And um, man, they're hard to kill. They are just resilient little bugs. Um, it's a challenge to deal with because it can live in an anaerobic environment and it's just hard to kill. So um, creating conditions where these microbes will die off, it often requires um, medical intervention uh, in some degree or another, whether it be targeted antibiotics or herbal remedies. Likely it's going to be a combination of both and a diet protocol. And what you're really trying to do is starve these microbes so that they die. They're going to put up a fight as they die. They're going to have this die off more intense type situation. But this is definitely a condition that you can uh, resolve. It's just going to take a little bit of um, patience. So the eighth trigger is an antigen sensitivity. And you can have an antigen sensitivity to various proteins or chemicals or whatever else your body deems as a threat. So this is when you expose. So let's just say you eat an almond. Well, if your immune system identifies that almond as a foreign invader, it's going to trigger your immune cells to attack. And these immune cells, they're going to release mediators, which are produced as chemical warfare against these foreign invaders. When your body is exposed to this chemical warfare, what it can do is lead to this intense cramping and bloat and other symptoms of inflammation like achy joints, headaches, lethargy, anxiety, uh, and, and so much more. And I think the funny and fascinating thing is that we never truly are sensitive to different foods per se, but it's always our body's reaction to it that creates those symptoms in us. Um, And I just think that's kind of a a fun way to look at it. Um, But ultimately, absolutely, I would say that antigen sensitivity is one of the most common sources of cramping um, that I come across. Okay, so the ninth trigger is exposing your intestines to a dense concentrated source of sugar or artificial sweeteners. Ooh, this one can be very painful because um, although like, of course, having a lot of sugar and that refined carbohydrate environment, it can create that dysbiosis that we've talked about previously. Another way that you can get that nasty cramping from sweets is um, what can actually happen is water is pulled in to your gut. So water and electrolytes are aggressively pulled into your gut 
to flush out and essentially it's trying to balance out this ratio this um density so it can it can aggressively pull water into your gut and cause you very sharp cramping type diarrhea um this one I mean it can be one of the more obvious ones it's like the lactose intolerance it can be more obvious to identify you know if you have a a sweet soda and you immediately get diarrhea chances are it's just from that sugar concentration Okay, so the final culprit I want to chat about is gluten. So some of you out there may actually have the autoimmune condition, which is known as celiac disease. So this is where your body's immune system reacts to the protein gluten. And what it does is it targets, so your immune system then targets your small intestine lining and can create this like sloughing of your small intestine lining. When your the villi of your small intestine don't exist anymore, you just can't absorb any food <laughs> and you get diarrhea. So um, a lot of you, though, you're not going to have true celiac disease. It's a lot less common than what um, culture talks about with this gluten being kind of a, a big uh, pop culture type diet intervention so a lot of times you're just experiencing more of like a gluten in sensitivity and this more falls into that category of an antigen sensitivity um, where you you know you're more reacting to the chemical warfare uh, from your body being exposed to that gluten protein So um, some of you are going to have that. Some of you truly have celiac disease. um, But definitely gluten is one of the more reactive proteins, um, which is in, you know, your your wheat, rye, barley, sometimes oats, um, and some of the other uh, more ancient type grains have wheat or the gluten protein as well. Um, But Sometimes it has less to do with the gluten and it has more to do with the other proteins that are within those different grain um, foods. Okay, so woo. <laughs> that was quite an extensive list. I'm sure you're sick of hearing my voice. Um, but I do think without a doubt, intestinal cramping, it's one of the most complex symptoms to decode. Uh, And what I mean by that is there's a lot of factors that play into this common symptom. So it can be really overwhelming to know where to start. Uh, Because often what I hear is, well, I eat the same things and sometimes I react and sometimes I don't. And that's where you really need to look at the cramping from more of a context perspective. What was going on in your life? What were you exposed to? Whether it be chemicals or different foods or did you have too much of a certain thing? Or um, I mean, all of these these factors can be at play here uh, when you might just be looking a little bit too acutely on one of these triggers. So if this is you and you're just overwhelmed, you don't even know where to start, um, I want to encourage you to head on over to yourlivinghealth.com, book your free consult with me because working someone one-on-one 
and, and incorporating those lab-based tests and really an objective third-party um, eye into your situation might just be the thing that changes everything for you. So with that being said, I kept it under 30 minutes like I promised. And um, I thank you so much for your support of this podcast. I hope that you will troubleshoot your cramping today. And I look forward to talking to you soon. All right, bye. Hey, if you're in the market for some personalized attention, I want to encourage you to head on over to yourlivinghealth.com and book your free introductory consult. For those of you who are loving this information, please go ahead and leave me a review so that others can have easier access to this information. Or leave me a comment or a question that you have about one of these episodes or even an idea for a future episode. As always, thank you so much for your interest in reducing your inflammation and I'll talk to you soon.